Bad medication's not the only thing you hide Your situation isn't any worse than mine Pretend that someone's listening Pretend it's not just you and me Welcome to another episode of Songless. My name is Richard Villegas, and uh, we have the pleasure of an episode in English today, and I'm really excited uh, for you all to hear this lovely interview. Uh, at the moment, we're listening to a song by Acid Tongue. It's called Walk, Don't Run. Uh, so we're going to let the song play out, and we'll be right back with a very, very special guest. This is coming something. Mexico City at uh, the uh, Monkey Bee Rehearsal Space, um, and today I'm joined by Guy Keltner of Freakout Records, Freakout Festival, Freakout, The Freakout. The Freakout. <laughs> That's right. How you doing? I'm wonderful. It's so good to be back in Mexico City. Yeah. And in good company. <laughs> yes, I'm uh, thrilled to, to have you here. I mean, because like, you know, like this whole fortuitous moment happened because like, you know, I was interviewing, I'm, I've, uh, this interview is for a story that I'm writing, but then it was just like, oh, like, wait, and you're like Latino and, you know, this festival has like so much going on and the label and the, you know, I was like, Let's get you on for Songless. Like, Hell yeah. Let's do a two for one. Let's get her popping. Um, and might as well, I think that's a good entry point for the listeners at home that may not be familiar with uh, Freakout Records or Freakout Festival. Um, who are you and what is it that you do? Uh, I am a number of things. I always saw myself as a musician first. Mm -hmm. So I got into music at a young age in Seattle growing up there. 
and I am now currently fronting a project called Acid Tongue that you guys just heard. And I also play in a new band that I'm in Mexico City for called Mala Suerte hey. and with a bunch of my friends that run Monkey Bee Festival and Monkey Bee Studios down here. And they play in Los Honey Rockets and Las Pipas de la Paz and Carry On Kids. So those are my people. And that's what I do for fun and for passion and for my love of music. And then to cause myself immense amounts of stress and pain and horror and terror in my life, I run a festival in Seattle called <laughs> The Freak Out. And we bring anywhere from 50 to 75 bands this year. Uh, every year for the last nine years. We did it online last year. Okay. Um, <laughs> we had King Con last year do an online session. That was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, so I've been doing that for a long time. And then I got, you know, had a lot of fun doing the festival. And one of my business partners for that is so fun to work with that we decided to incorporate ourselves into a label. Also another dumb idea. But <sighs> here we go. We put out our friends' records. We put out Acid Tongue records. We have bands we work with. One of my other musicians in Mala Suerte is in a band called The Grizzled Mighty. And we've done his music. And so... Freak Out has Amazing. probably put out about two dozen releases now. Okay. And um, it's it's going. It's yeah. going. It's still moving. It's still it's still happening. I'm happy. You know, I'm in a good place right now. Well, I think I, you know I think it's a matter of synergy, right? Because like again, you have the label, you have the festival, you know, you have the bands, and it's just like it's it's to that point where like everything starts to converge and like propel mm -hmm. each other. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's that's a cool place to be, though. Yeah, I, my wife always says "tu es en place," which in French means you're you're in place, basically. But sure. it's like to say you're on point right now. Sure, like, sure. I'm having my moment, and I think it's really exciting time because I kind of I went into COVID with this mentality. I you know I'm just like so can't cope with tragedy, <laughs> and I grew up around so much tragedy okay. that I I've just gotten used to it. And so I came into COVID and I was like, even in some of the worst times, people find opportunity mm -hmm. and people can elevate themselves. I mean, this has happened during wars and famines and everything. Yeah. And I don't want to be opportunistic in like a fucked up way. Like I'm not trying to like no. price gouge on toilet paper. You know, that wasn't my vibe. But I did commit to the fact that I was like, I'm going to find some sort of levity from this situation in any way possible and really try to uplift some of these artists I believe in. Yeah. In Seattle, in Mexico in Europe, where, wherever I'm working, you know, I really want to help my friends out to get our music out there and to really highlight artists I think get are very underrated in general. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of been the big thing. And so COVID has been a gift for a number of reasons, even though there's been horrible things happening and of it's course. been terrible in the world. Um, it's woken people up to some of the racial struggle in the United States. Um, Seattle kind of had a moment. And a lot of the institutions in Seattle had a moment this year, mm -hmm. this past year where they woke up and they go, went, Oh my God, we're all white, <laughs> you know? Oh my God, what have we done? <laughs> you know, and, and it, but that's been good because yeah. like, you know, we've been bringing these bands up from South America and Mexico for years now and it gets some, it gets some attention, yeah. but it just doesn't get the support from the community that I wish it did. And now at this point in time, I think people's eyeballs are on it. There's not a lot of other festivals going on. And this is a super exciting year for us to like work with Normal Festival mm -hmm. and to curate all of these artists up. It's just like this incredible like honor honor of an opportunity to have, you know. And we're stoked. Yeah, so. I mean, and like so this this whole the story, this interview, this 
you know, meeting. It's all brought on by the the lineup for for Freakout Fest, which looks incredible. Uh, and again, like this, like so, the first thing I noticed was that AJ Davila was a headliner. Mm. So I was like, oh, okay. So like this means that like I don't have to, you know, like I don't have to compete with like Doja Cat stands or. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like okay, cool. Like okay, these are these are these are headliners that I can that I can deal with and enjoy. Like that looks fun. And then I noticed that there was like an, a really large. Uh, you know, uh, 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 contingency. You yeah, of Latin bands. You know, just like again, uh, Petita Me and Blenders and Spliffs and AJ Davila and Munet and Margaritas Podrias, and it's just like, whoa, okay. I'm like, I see you, Seattle, because like I know KXP has been like making inroads for a long time. There's also a lot of like local, really incredible bands: Terror Cactus, uh, Tres Leches, uh, Guayaba, Elia. Uh, some of these who are friends of the show. Uh, uh, God, um, from Tres Leches with the really cool hair, uh, help me. Oh, oh, Alia. Alia. I, I, I wanted to say Alina, and I was like, wait, yeah, that's no, not Yeah, no, Alia, yeah. Alia's she also works at KEXP. She's, yeah. uh, she's a video girl there. Yeah, that's yeah, she, right. And she's been a guest on the show. She's really yeah. fun and, oh, and cool. Oh, my God, she's so cool, um, yeah. So I'm just, like, really excited to, like, reconnect with all these people and sort of see what's going on. And so, like, I guess let's start there. What the hell is going on in Seattle? Oh, my Lord. Well... We're having a moment, yeah. and I think it's a moment of reckoning with our identity as a city. And I have been screaming at this town for years <laughs> that there are great rock bands happening in your own town. There are great rock bands happening outside of your town, yes. and you need to just give them a little attention, you know. And I, I, I'm not saying I want it to be like the '90s, sure. But fucking a, like you know, I wouldn't mind if it was like the fucking '90s, you know. We had A and R reps flying in, and you know, journalists covering everything, and it was a pretty great time for a lot of like long-haired white dudes. Yeah. So why can't we have that moment for a more diverse crowd right now? And that's really what it's all about, you know. At the end of the day, I don't think. There's nothing performative about what we're doing because sure. these are people we work with. These are people we care about. These are people that play in my band and other bands that I love, you know, and it's it's a community that we built with like spit and blood and everything, you know, and it's been tough because it's hard for us to keep routing these these shitty tours together yeah. and to keep routing these weird fucking one night you're playing at, you know, Stacy's Pub you know, in the middle of the desert, the next night we can get a band maybe into Zebulon because it's hip enough, you know, and we sure. get them opening. But it's just tough, you know, and you're pulling. So I'm trying to give more weight to this so promoters start taking this seriously. You know, that's why I want to highlight them differently in the lineup on the poster or even in how it's, it's framed in the festival where they're not just playing like one stage for all the artists from Mexico, which we did one year, like just to have a stage devoted to it that Chile could host, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and like we had El Sonido host that. But I think at this point, we've realized that, that that's not the way to attack it. Sure. And it's all about integrating everything into this cohesive sort of scene. And so now, you know, at this point in time, we finally got to this level where we can get people in the doors. They don't care who's on the lineup. They really get into who's on the lineup ahead of it. Mm. We announced so early this year because of COVID that it gave people a lot of time to start to familiarize themselves with stuff. And yeah. I'm really stoked. Like, that's why I've been pushing the playlist on everybody. And in my perfect world, folks are coming out and they're experiencing something new, but they're taking something away from it. And it really starts to build that scene and make it stronger and really give it some weight. Yeah. And this could really pop this year. I, I really do feel that. Like, I feel like this could be a great year for a lot of artists. And this might be a focal point in a sense. So I'm, I'm taking that seriously. And I see that more as like a duty than mm -hmm. like a bragging right thing. Like, I really want to make that sort of like my... 
my mantra this year is just to do right by everybody that's that's putting their time in for this and and, and making the effort to come out. It's a it's a rebirth. It's a resurgence. I mm-hmm. mean, there's so much. There's like I mean, as you said, like there's you know infinite tragedy throughout the pandemic, but there's also like opportunity. You mm-hmm. know, where there's tragedy, there's also opportunity, and it's yes. just like I feel like there are so many people who are like, okay, clean slate. How do we start? You yes. know, what do we do? And I think it's really cool. Uh, again, and just when I saw when I saw that lineup, it just made a lot of sense to me. Like, because again, like KXP and Normal had that big crossover a few mm-hmm. years ago. I've seen like a lot of these bands go up now. Uh, El Chirota is a great example of like band, you know, band from Mexico City is like, oop, let's go to Seattle, you know, and their sound makes perfect sense up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Midfield have been up there as well. Um, it just like, you know, it's, it's, it feels like this is a moment of like a lot of like pieces that have been floating around. They're kind of like connecting and like, it's very exciting to see. It's an exciting time to be there because of the weight it has. Mm-hmm. And for once in the time, in the, in the lifetime, I mean, I'm not saying like, I don't feel entitled to what's happening. Sure. I don't want it to come off that way, but it has been frustrating at times to reach out to local businesses and to get told, you know, from some of the venues, I don't want to give you holds all four days. Sure. I don't want to. I don't want to let you use my room every day of it. Maybe two of the days you can have it. Maybe you can have Friday, Saturday. That's fucking frustrating. And this is the first year where everybody came in. They're like, you have Thursday through Sunday if you want it. We'll give you extra days. I you bet know? they. I and bet they did. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 I've got new people up reaching out that I tried to get hit before that you know maybe it didn't work out with. They're coming in and yeah. they want to do something with us. And it's becoming this fire and like we've always had some support from the city i'm not sure. trying to disparage my my people in my town you yeah. know because it's a really lovely place to live and it, it births a lot of incredible talent but it's so fucking cool right now this time around to have everybody just on board yeah and working with me you know and, and it's really it is tough because i'm having to hold a lot of hats right now like i'm playing like fucking four or five times like i may be hopping in with aj davila at, at, at one set and fucking oh i'll be playing with mala suerte and then i gotta go play with acid tongue so i'm like Word. playing the musician role i'm playing the festival director role i'm playing the fan role because i have to see the seeds i have to see the mystery <laughs> lights okay you know i wish I'm, i i wish it was front row at everything you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah. and so it's just this weird fucking time right now but it's exciting and it just feels like the effort of all these years hasn't been lost because there are moments where i wake up and i'm like fuck i'm 33 years old yeah i like i still can't deal with my life you know what i mean it's the reason i quit drinking it's just like as soon as i did that everything clicked for me and it's just been so much more uphill since then like it was such a fucking that that's a whole nother story for Mm. another day but man like just, you know, don't do drugs, kids. Or <laughs> do the right drugs sure. at the right time in your life. <laughs> and then know when to quit. Well, I'm really excited to have you today in, like, high spirits, a good mood, sober. Yeah. Um, because I am sure that when I see you in Seattle, you're going to be stressed. Um, I hope not. <laughs> I hope that, you know, what's funny is I'll be that guy every year, even when I am drinking or on drugs or something. Like, I'll be popping an edible and I'll be hanging out and just trying to chill and okay. get through it. Because we have a, a team now. And that's what's exciting is we're able to hire people now. Cool. And I can have people doing the other jobs. So I really do want to try and attend pieces of this as a fan and just hang out and just socialize with my friends and like go through it. Because every year, those are my favorite moments yeah. of the whole event is just when I get to sit there and watch El Shirota destroy. Yeah. And just rip a set and be like, I watched the entire thing and I go, man, that was fucking perfect. That was you know? cool. And yeah. I'm ignoring every text coming in. And I don't give a shit, you know what I mean, at that point, because I'm like, look, we have a production manager. 
look, we've got somebody else handling this. So. As, as you get older and like have more responsibilities, I think finding the things that keep you away for, from your phone for a minute like becomes so valuable. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's this kind of music that does that. Yeah. You know, it's exciting. That's why I started traveling down here was to feel that, you know? I was like, get away from it all. That's what got me down here in the first place is me and knew I needed to get away from New York City and she pulled me away from there, you Amazing. know? Yeah. Well, um, we have lots to talk about. We have also a lot of music to get through. Um, before we carry on, I want to talk a little bit about Acid Tongue and then the song that we played with uh, at the top of the show, which is called Walk Don't Run. Uh, I believe this is your band. Uh, mm. tell, us, uh, tell us about the band. Tell us about the song. Yeah, so Walk Don't Run is probably one of my favorite tunes off our last record that came out, Bullies. Okay. Um, which didn't get a fair shake because sure. COVID and I was about sure. to go on tour with Detroit Cobras and I was planning on playing all these festivals last year. Um, but that was a lot of fun to record that record. We bounced around. It's what got us kind of into Mexico. And when we started playing with these bands was starting to, to I don't know. Anyways, Acetong is something I started as a solo project when I left Seattle about, I don't know, six or seven years ago, I moved to New York City. Okay. And I have a really close friend named Ian that essentially is like not just a drummer. He's kind of like the co-producer of the band. He kind of manages our daily life. Okay. Um, he started Freak Out Records with me and, cool. you know, was running the festival with me for a while. And we have a very fluid lineup. So it allows us to play with like the members of Los Honey Rockets or Carry On Kids or sure. whoever we want. And it's been this vehicle to write just really great kind of, I don't know, pop garage psychedelic songs i'm really into the 60s sure and i love george harrison <laughs> and so there's a lot of influences like jonathan richmond is another big one um and so i kind of found this vehicle for that and something that i could kind of i don't know it's it's really a big release for me to write like this because i do spend a lot of my i know i have a lot of hats and i do a lot of shit yeah but i also just to have my head in the clouds 24 7 as well and so I'm constantly noting things down, jotting things down. And I love to write about dreaming and death and all this really serious subject matter and do it in kind of a cutesy, fun, fucked up, yeah. psychedelic way. And so that is what birthed Acid Tongue. You know, our first record is called I Die Dreaming. And okay. so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've like loved when you it. fall off a cliff in the dream and you're like, Aah. yeah, yeah. And so like, you know, I, after, after leaving Seattle, I was able to kind of start freelancing to support some of my life and working with the label and the fest. And so it meant I got to live in New York city, but also be on the road all the time sure. and tour constantly, which has only kind of bolstered my relationship with all these bands sure. over the years because I don't really keep a firm address at any given time. I'm finally doing that because the pandemic has forced me to, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but for years, like acid tongue just meant it was my ticket to live out of a backpack yeah. and write songs like that. And it's been incredible because I've written sort of like to me, these really personal heartfelt odes to that sort of lifestyle. And I don't have that. I, I, as a musician, when I've been in other bands, I'll kind of look back and be like, man, I could have done that better or I could have written that better. Sure. But there's sort of this thing with acid tongue where it's capturing like a moment in time, like one of the EPs I cut in London with another friend, you know, in like a four day period. Whoa. And we just do okay. things like that where it's, it captures, you know, oh, that was, that was, that, I know this song was done in Portland, you know, Walk Don't Run was cut in Portland. Okay, cool. And I just, every time I hear that, I think about that session and I get excited, you know? And so regardless of sort of the quality of certain songs, 
I'm really deeply attached to it because it's like a lightning in a bottle thing. All right. It's just catching our, our energy and who is in the room. And there's never consistent members on any of the songs either. So whenever you're listening through a record, it could be fucking anybody playing on it, you know? Okay. And I mean, they have credits on the albums and stuff. Beyond yourself, just, are there any other core members of, of uh, As It Done? There are some regulars. Okay. But no, not okay. really. Like, I, I, I think the biggest regular right now is this guy, Dune Butler, up in Seattle that um, plays in another band called General Mojo's. Okay. And he's our bassist. Okay. And then my friend Alessio Peck, is, um, he's, he's from Italy, but he lives in Paris. And kind of how I met my wife, actually, through him. And he's another bass player that we've done numerous tours with and love, and he's just kind of a mainstay. And then Jasmina is okay. the other one. She's been playing keys for us for almost four years now, oh, three years cool. or something. So Jasmina is a, was our is our host uh, here at the at the rehearsal space, and she's fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, well, you know what? Like, we have a whole lot of playlists. I want to like start shouting out the Pacific Northwest. Uh, let's, let's do it. Let's talk about Tres Leches. Oh man, Alia is so pivotal to the scene. Yeah. I mean, first of all, her and her band every year are crucial to putting up some of these artists because uh-huh. they actually know who the fuck they are. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. get excited about it. And when I talk to them, they're not only enthusiastic, but they're hospitable and they take care of everybody and they kind of help me kind of carry that weight because I don't want to just invite these bands to play. That's yeah. not the point. Part of the thing is to ingratiate, in, in, uh, in, in, incorporate these people into our scene oh, sure. to really show them that this is home. This should be a second home. Yeah. And so she is pivotal to that, you know, not only with working at KXP, but also with the music she makes yeah. and how she interacts with the local community. Like I have just so much respect for what she does. And so I'm always going to be not only a big fan of the band, but just the vibe. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. they're building an empire. You know what yes. I mean? And that's what I love about it. Dear listeners, go back and listen to our interview with Tres Liches. It's really, really fabulous. Um, but she's a hoot and I'm dying to see them live because like it sounds like it's going to be a gr- it would be a it'll great be show. so fun. <laughs> it's just exciting to see. I just they they just opened up before the lockdown for Smokey Brights. OK, it was one of the bands on Freakout Records. And cool. so I had a chance to catch them there and it was better than ever. They're really getting into the zone right now. And so I imagine after a break from the pandemic, they're going to be on fire this year. So this will be a highlight for sure. Well, let's go ahead and listen to some Tres Leches. This song is called Nieve. Uh, So we're just going to play that out and we'll be right back with with more of the freak out.
All right, and we're back, and we're still up in Seattle. The second song that we just heard there is by Terra Cactus, and it's called Tambor del Monte. Uh, tell me about Terra Cactus. Terra Cactus is fucking cool because it's like audio and visual combined, uh-huh. and there's that whole visual side to what he does. Like, Martin is amazing with the masks and everything and yeah. the lighting and shit. Have you seen any of their videos? I have. Okay, well, anybody else that's listening, the first thing you need to do is go look up Terra Cactus, <laughs> look for anything live, and you'll get the vibe, and it's going to make you want to go to see them at the festival. And he'll be playing on Sunday okay. of Freak Out Fest. Okay. In case listeners are going. Well, the story that I'm writing is probably going to drop in August. And then this episode, I'm thinking, will probably be tail end of September, maybe early October. Oh, beautiful. So oh, Saturday like, of Freak Out Fest, then, is what he is on. I okay. just realized. So this, yes. this is going to be a, a, a continuing series of, uh, of tidbits and teases, dear listeners. Um, and I believe I'm putting my money that I will be in Seattle. Uh, I will be doing everything in my power. Uh, and I will be bringing you guys some incredible interviews from Seattle. Uh, but in the meantime, I want to keep talking about, you know, music and, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I want to know, like, I want to know a little bit about you. Like, what's, so what's your general background? How do you get into music? Like, where are you from? Yeah. What, what's the tea? Well, um, I guess to give my pedigree on, like, you know, how Mexican I am. My, sure. my mom was... Um, I mean, we're not, you're not getting my carded here. I know, I'm not getting carded <laughs> here. No, but my mom's family's from down here. Okay. And so I have, you know, I have an uncle I'm going to try and see this week while I'm in town. And oh, cool. I have another cousin that lives, you know, and he's fucking rich, so he lives up in Santa Fe. Sure. <laughs> and um, Happens. they're all very nice people, and I love them. And my mother's family, her immediate family lives in L.A. area, and mm-hmm. so that's where I up a bit okay but we eventually ended up in seattle and that's where i got my first guitar as a teen and it was immediate that like seattle is just so cool because the i guess the the remnants from the grunge era Mm -hmm. stuck around and it became it meant that like this bigger bigger city kind of was viewed a little bit more as a music city and so there were all ages youth centers and lots of activities and my parents always wanted me to be really involved sure with um just community service and be community minded. So okay. we, you know, I, I was grew up on the East side um, when we moved out there and I was in Kirkland youth council and then okay. our big uh, rock museum that looks like fucking Jimi Hendrix's smash guitar is we used to be called experience music project and mm-hmm. now it's called Mopop. But I worked there f- first as an intern for this like youth advisory board and then when I had bands, uh, one of my bands headlined so- or not headline, but like we played at the all ages battle of the bands, uh, uh, sound off okay and so i was in that and then later i started working for them in college and teaching guitar to like five-year-olds and stuff like that and so i just started getting more active than just being a musician sure and that was always part of it was that i didn't want to only be known for my music i wanted to be community-minded like i hear about cats like curtis mayfield and how they brought it back to their hometown yeah and i mean even james brown you know and i think these are incredible people who had just their brains were on another level mm-hmm. because they not only wrote some of the best music of the 20th century, but they knew to bring the trappings back to their people in a sense yeah. and to their community. And that's always how I've wanted to be. So as I progressed and played in more bands, you know, I first I started working in marketing for a venue. I had been in advertising. I went to school at the University of Washington mm-hmm. and got an economics degree. Okay. So out of college, I started working like these like shitty jobs at tech companies where I could basically be on the low end of the totem pole and fuck off as much as I wanted and go on tour and bail. And like, I didn't give a shit if I got fired. Amazing. But I usually find a job that would put up with my bullshit. 
and keep me on for years. And I'd show up hungover, you know, stinking and fucking not dressed for a job like this. Okay. Um, and I loved it. And then I got into an advertising firm and I had to clean up a little bit. Sure. And that got that launched me into marketing for a venue and a festival and stuff. And then I started Freak Out. And it's just been everything we talked about since then, you know. And Acid Tongue and Freak Out Records and Freak Out Fest have become my whole life. It's just taken over everything. I don't need a stable day job anymore because I'm doing so much with this that it's starting to really makes sense <laughs> you know that that whole the thing that you were just saying about like bringing it back home right like i think uh we were talking before also about like these you know uh complicated silver linings around the around the pandemic and all that i think that's one of the things that i've sort of taken away is just like a lot of people fled the big cities and then they went back home mexico is, a, is i mean not just in the u.s i mean in mexico uh, I know a lot of people who went from Mexico City back to their, you know, smaller cities around the country. Mm. Um, and like it's I you know, and I think that will have a long term effect in that, you know, the skills that you learned and honed and developed in this central focal point that you can bring now back to your own scene and build something. I've I've talked to a lot of musicians who are also like, I just don't want to go eat shit in Mexico City. Like I can just build something cool here. Mm. Um, and that's exciting. It's good. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. I mean, that's what we need right now because it's been such a fucking horrifying time for everybody that they yeah. need a creative outlet. Sure. I think that the bands need it more than anything because this is how we survive and the fans need it now because they've realized that during the last year and a half, this music has weight in their lives mm -hmm. and everybody's getting a little nostalgic yeah. for things. There's a lot of nostalgia right now. And I'm trying to definitely play on people's nostalgia for number one, the grunge stuff sure, for the older crowd, at least. And number two for a bit younger of the crowd is that early 2000s New York scene with the yeah, yeah, yeahs and the white stripes strokes. and the strokes yeah. and TV on the radio. Yeah, there yeah. was a fucking boom there. And I think between New York in the early 2000s and Seattle in the 90s, those are sorts of, I, I'm, I, I think I'm thinking this because before we left Paris, I was reading Meet Me in the Bathroom. Okay. Um, and so it just was like, I was like, why can't I do this in Seattle? Like I even identified with James Murphy a bit in that sure, book. He's sure. a fucking asshole. It sounds like. Sure. But um, <laughs> I don't know him personally, so sorry, James, if you're listening. I used uh, to have a crush on him. So yeah. Not sorry, James. But um. he, you know, he was a little older. Like I'm, I'm that guy that's in his 30s in the scene now and really mm. believes in it and has a little bit of um, know-how that can kind of help with other folks in the scene. And there was a lot of camaraderie within that these scenes yeah. back in the day that helped launch these bands whether it was like sub pop being complicit with so many of them in the late eighties leading into the nineties. I think that's kind of the work we've been putting in with freak out in yeah. Seattle. And I don't really give a fuck if Seattle becomes, you know, the biggest rock city in the world ever again. I just more care about the bands we talked about, mm. you know? And so it's nice to have a narrative yeah. because that's what the public needs is a narrative. They need something they can bite their teeth into. Yes. So if I show them that we have a bunch of incredible acts right now of all genres, a much more diverse scene, than the four white dudes playing, you know? I think that's what's important because people need that right now. And there is sort of a market for stories and yeah. storytelling, everyone's online. And so if we can kind of leverage that narrative into something bigger, that's what I see as the breaking point for some of these artists we're bringing up from Mexico and elsewhere. And this is the breaking point for some of these artists from Seattle and anywhere else we care about. Because at this point, it's less about me bringing it home to my community in Seattle mm -hmm. and more about me realizing, oh, my God, my people are all over the world. I just want to highlight them. 
you, you, know? you talked about building, and I think building is really the word here, right? Because like it, you guys are building something. There's yes. definitely there. You, uh, Seattle has the raw materials. You have the fucking pedigree. I mean, come on. The rock, the, you know, as you said, it was the biggest rock city, you know, in the world for what? Five years? Ten years? Yeah, you something know, like, like that. Yeah. You know, like throughout the 90s. You know, it's just like, and it's so interesting because, again, I want to talk more about building because part of what this story that I'm writing is about, which, by the way, dear listeners, by the time this is out, it will be out and I will have linked in the show notes so you guys can go check that out um you know it's about building right and it's about how there are a lot of these latin artists and latinx music and bands and what have you throughout the pacific northwest but i feel like a lot of them are islands Mm. and like they're kind of in their own circles right and so like i feel like uh freak out and then you know the kxp on their end uh normal from mexico has been sort of like dipping their toes in you know here and there um i feel like something is starting to sort of I don't want to say congeal. Congeal sounds gross, but like to uh, uh, there's a there's another word, but like to build to 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 form. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. That and that. that's what it is. Is is you know the narrative is what's going to pull people together. Sure. Because it's what's going to bring outsiders in. You know what I mean? And once you start really connecting the dots there, that's what it takes. So, I mean, dude, life is fucking meaningless sometimes. You know what I mean? I I mean, it is fucking, you're trying to find meaning in nonsense all the time. We take cues from things that are bullshit. We see things as a sign. Like everybody Mm -hmm. listening here has probably gone, oh, it's a sign. I have to do this. Like I'm a fucking idiot. I just take signs from what? From just chance? Like, but that's what it is. You need a storyline for your life just to move forward, just to put your foot forward. You have to have a meaning. You know, and I think with our music scene, that's basically what I'm trying to do here is give it a story that kind of brings people together and brings the artists together and kind of pushes people too. Because once you start to build that storyline, it gives people direction and focus. And that is what's so necessary to succeed in the world. Because if you're unfocused and you don't know what the fuck you're doing, you're going to be a middling band forever. Sure. And that's what it is. But people want vision, you know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I'm, I've been trying to bring to it you know, and bring to the table. And so I'm seeing these bands pop up, but I'm not seeing a lot of communication at times. Some, don't get me wrong, and I don't want to disparage anybody that's been doing other stuff too, because I know there's other people operating the scene that are meaningful and making a meaningful impact. But I think what we're doing with Freak Out has such a fucking important impact this year particularly. Sure. You know, and it's so exciting to see it finally. I'm seeing the story that I didn't even know. You know, yeah, 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 that's yeah. what it is. We're writing it right now, you know, and I'm trying to just move with the punches. Yeah. You know, that's how it's exciting. Uh, you know, and, and again, like, I am I am just curious, like, like, where does the interest in all these Latin acts come from? I mean, you know, is it like just because like because, again, I don't think it's that they're working together. I mean, I know uh, Tres Leches and Terra Cactus work together because I think they share band members. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, I don't feel like it's a scene specifically. Totally. And I think that's what I'm trying to build here is because, you know, my relationship with Hismina and her playing in Acid Tongue has meant I've gotten to meet all the bands she's involved with in sure. Mexico City. So before there was Monkey Bee Festival, before there was, you know, the Monkey Bee Salas, there was just Los Honey Rockets. Right. And then I met Carry On Kids. And then I met Las Pipas de la Paz, and which is sad. We lost Rulo last year. Right. But um, I started meeting these brilliant people in the scenes out here you know and meeting san pedro cortez cool and some of these like fucking cool bands and i just became infatuated because i think especially after living in new york city 
even if there is a pretentious band in Mexico, it, it just feels like it lacks pretension. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it, like, I mean, when you come I to don't, the, the source. I think it's par- partially it's that my Spanish is terrible, you sure. know, so there's a language. Sure. And I'm sure I'm, not, I'm missing some of the bullshit stuff that comes up here and there. Probably. But at the same time, I don't care. I go on stage and I know what I'm seeing and I know what I'm hearing. And like I look at these bands and I go, man, this is fucking incredible. And there's no bullshit to it. Yeah. It's exactly the rock music I want to hear. You know, that's what sucked me into it. I just started traveling through here. They fucking stuffed Acetung in a car. They all backed me. I had Carrion Kids and, and Jasmina back me. Yeah. Like 2019. And we did um, Mexico City, Guadalajara, uh, Leon, Monterrey, yeah. up to South by Southwest. Cool. Um, cut in inland to marfa texas we went to the okay. art town and we, and we brought um this colombian band um uh what the los kitsch came and played um the kitsch are amazing they're, okay. they're great uh and then we ended up at um tree fort festival eventually in boise oh, cool. we went through seattle and portland and everything together and it was awesome and there is nothing crazier than stuffing into a giant SUV and leaving Mexico City for tour yeah, and yeah, driving yeah. through Mexico. I mean, the level of like craziness of what happened during that, you know, I don't want to go into every tour story sure, sure, here, sure. but it was what further infatuated me with the scene. And we were already bringing these bands up to the States by then. This is less that, but this is what has really brought it, made it a bigger thing for me. I mean, it, it, it went from being sort of an interest and something I wanted to do to being a fucking like life obsession. Right. You know, I'm hooked. <laughs> this, this whole touring angle also makes sense because when I, when I, again, when like I started piecing everything together in my head, I, the first thing I did was reach out to Albina, who's a friend. And I was like, I smell KXP and Normal all, all over this lineup. And she was like, right. Well, she's like, it's kind of a collective effort mm. to start extending the touring route yes. because a lot of like, you know, whenever, whenever bands go West coast or, or the, they might do Southwest, but they kind of usually just stop at LA, maybe yep. San Francisco if we're lucky, but rarely into Portland and Seattle. I mean, the num the, the, the numbers don't really add up. Tell me about like, how is that developing? So it's, it's going to be a slow process because sure. this won't happen overnight. Like if I tried to host any of these bands on a, a solo bill, Next week. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, I'm not going to say nobody would come. That's that's rude. And plus, post-COVID, I don't know what audiences are going to look like. Everybody's I've been to hungry. two shows in Seattle with, you know, Reposado's not even very well known. Sure. And it was fucking packed. And they're doing that weekly right now. It's a residency they're doing in Fremont. Stop. And so it's with this band, band Martial Law Band, that'll also be, they'll both be on the festival. Okay. Um, but like, there's something happening, you know? And I feel like I want to see where it goes. So mm-hmm. we don't know. I don't know. It's just so many unknowns here. Like, I can't guarantee it. This is my best shot at it. My <laughs> best shot is this year getting this fucking dope lineup together, really bringing Normal closer to us, bringing these bands closer to us, and, and getting all the journalists out and getting as much attention and selling out this year yeah, yeah, to yeah. the point where it, it's, you know, it was amazing to see that Brooklyn Vegan did the premiere of the lineup. Oh, cool. Like national press now. You know what I mean? It was amazing that the previous iteration, Rolling Stone France flew out in 2019 to cover it. You know? Dope. We're getting international coverage there you know Remezcla is going to be coming up this year you're fucking going yeah so definitely song will be there so you're, but that's my point i need that <laughs> that's happening now and that wasn't happening five yeah. years ago that wasn't happening three years ago yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's that's important because that makes seattle go and they have a yet another reason to feel so special about yeah. themselves you know and they could be like look we support latinx bands and they can say that but at the same time people can just see these bands for what they are and the nation can kind of have a focal point totally. and like austin turns into 
into a shithole during South by, but it does so much for bands, you know, and the, the locals hate it, but it's amazing. I don't necessarily want this to get to that level, but like I'm saying, it's not about the city itself. It's more about, you know, this whole wonderful world of music that is just not highlighted in the, you know, the, out there. Well, if it can get enough attention, it could be self-sustaining. Exactly. Which is totally the point. I you mean, know, and I'd love to you, for you to go on Spotify and see all these bands and then suddenly they're all linked to each other and you're yes. doing the rabbit hole like people do. You know that. Like, I did that when I was working at an office. I just sat there all day and listened to music, you know? Yep. And I'd sit down the fucking rabbit hole. And I want this to turn into that, you know? And it just takes a few of these bands breaking to lift the whole fucking ship. Totally. You know? And if we could just get there in the next year or two, that would be incredible. That would be the biggest gift is for one of these bands to fucking break and for it to just do it. You know, and this is how it goes. This is how it happens. I mean, a lot of people have played normal before they fucking blew the fuck. Grimes played normal before she blew up. Amazing. Now so she's like, married to the biggest piece of shit in America. Yes, she did. <laughs> and she's also doing TikToks with lightsabers. Yeah, well, fuck uh, you, Grimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the point is, uh, yes, like a lot. Of, like, but look, Sorry, look, no, but like it's true. But like I, this is this is my job. Like a lot of people, like like Moni from Normal will often be like, "Why are you here at eleven thirty in the morning, hungover?" And I'm like, "Because I want to see the twelve o'clock act." Hell. Yeah. And I need to case the location. That's I need to survey it. Yeah, I need to know where the bathrooms are. I need to know where the alcohol is, just, just so that I could be like there. Because like I need to be at the opener because that's my job. I don't write about headliners. I write about the opener and where the opener is going to be in like two years. You know, like, yeah. Like that's what I do and that's what I love. And it's exciting to see a festival that like takes that into consideration. Um, I want to. We need to play more music because this part is going long. However, uh, we're about to listen to a song by Savila, and Savila is a very representative act from uh, Portland. Um, and we need to talk a little bit about the relationship Seattle Portland uh, musically. Yeah, it's pretty cohesive. You know, we've always tried to highlight a bunch of Portland bands. You sure. know, this year we'll have the Shivas and Night Heron. I haven't had a chance to get Savila up yet. Cool. They were booked previously, but they had to cancel because of like a double booking type thing. Oh, sure. But I got caught onto the band then, and I love it. And I really hope this is a band that stays active. I'm not sure. With Portland, you kind of never know. Okay, okay, okay. And there's an element of that. but And very much like Portland, this song is kind of sexy and a little subdued. Uh -huh. And that's what gets me into, I don't know. I feel like this is a, a constant theme in Portland music, you know, and I love it. Um, but it's great because you have to have synergy with Portland. Totally. Living in Seattle. And I feel like it took me a few years to figure that out. And now that I kind of know the scene down there, there's some love there. And it's been great because... A lot of the promoters I know are now interested in booking mm. these bands and bringing up the bands from Mexico. Because that's my question. Because, like, I, you know, you say synergy with Portland, but, like, Seattle is, like, laser focused. Like, Seattle's yes. like, we are doing things. And Portland is, is our is fucking Portland? tattooed, angry stepchild brother. <laughs> like... That is like fucking works part time at the local dispensary okay. and fucking it's the, the joke in like the Northwest is that it's where like 30 year olds go to retire. Oh, wow. <laughs> it used okay. to be more like that. <laughs> I think it's getting expensive. So it's changing, too. And it's basically just gentrifying the fuck out like everything else in Seattle and Portland. In my mind, like the Pacific Northwest is like introverted Brooklyn. It's just turning into Brooklyn now. Okay. You know, there is still a lot of introverts and it's definitely that. But I mean, I guess more what I'm talking about is like just the shops you see and it's all the fucking same. You know what I mean? Sure, you walk sure. around and you're like, holy shit. You're right about the introverted. It, it it's is. Become it a is. Parody of itself it's in, a parody a of it. It's, I mean, watch when I was living in Brooklyn, I used to watch Portlandia when I got homesick just to laugh about like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's how it is. You know what I mean? And that would make, would make me feel so good to watch Portlandia. Oh, when I, I was, I'd be having like a bad New York city day 
and come home and I'm like, you know, when you're like walk off the subway and you've got that unknown like sludge on your shoulder or yeah, on your yeah, elbow, yeah, yeah. it's like hot and you're sweating and your shirt's soaked yeah. and you go and say like, fuck this city today, you know, and some yep. homeless man was jacking off somewhere and you're like, yes, yeah, I'm like, you know, and so <laughs> you come home and like, you just want to relax. Like I'd watch Portlandia and I'd be like, yeah, man, yeah. I miss fucking Seattle today, you know, and that would be it. I so, love that. Well, yeah. uh, let's go ahead and listen to some Savila. Uh, <laughs> this song is called Fantasia or Fantasia. Uh, you know, y'all listen and tell me later. Um, so uh, we're going to listen to that now and we'll be right back with some more of the freak out. A veces no puedo, a veces sí, siempre viviendo en la fantasía, en la fantasía. Sunk mess. 
un show de música emergente latinoamericana donde mezclamos entrevistas con los sonidos más frescos del underground. Su anfitrión, Richard Villegas, es un periodista musical contribuyendo a publicaciones como Remezcla, Rolling Stone y Bandcamp. Y con Song Mess, las conversaciones toman un giro más casual y personal, revelando el mundo interior de cada invitado. Song Mess está disponible en todas las plataformas digitales. Escúchalo martes 9 p.m. y jueves 9 a.m. por Nova Hits Radio. Song Mess.
All right. And the second song that we just heard there is by Los Spliffs uh, from Tucson, Tucson. I always want to say Tucson. From Tucson, Arizona. And the song is called Perro Rabioso. What can you tell us about Los Spliffs? You know, I don't know a lot about them except that they're super nice dudes. Yeah. And they're coming up. Moni recommended them. Yeah. And you said that that was the dog whistle for how you knew yeah. when Amal was involved. <laughs> so that's yeah. great. Saul, uh, 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 Saul is, is kind Saul. of like... Or, He's or, called me. I've talked to him on the phone. Yeah, Saul is fun. Yeah. I, I, we had a really good time recently, and, and I mean to get that interview on the show soon, sooner than later. Probably will happen in Seattle. Um, but yeah, like I've noticed that Moni kind of like has Los Espliffs under her wing. Like she oh. like clearly they're gonna really break. believes in I have them on a very special slot this year because cool. I want my, my friend Hector in Seattle was like, you've got to have a cumbia dance party to close out one of these nights. At least cool. one of them. He's like, the weekends need to have that. Like we need that release. So after Acetone usually gets a great crowd out every year. Mm -hmm. Like we're like the house band for this thing. You know what I mean? At this point. And sometimes we have like 10 people on stage with us. So I'm trying to have that just seamlessly transition into a fucking cumbia set and just they can do fucking as long as they want i don't care well, but i've seen live videos cumbia, so from one yeah, to the other should work it should work great and they're just so fantastic live like from the videos i've seen that yeah, i can't yeah. wait to experience it because i feel like after a year of being locked down everyone's going to be strutting you know yeah, yeah. it's going to be great and i can't wait for that so you know this song is a jam and that keyboard line is infectious <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're they're hella hella fun i, I saw them at Posadelic uh in 2019 and they were a riot they're awesome. just cool kooky ridiculous fun they're really good um and well i mean we're nearing the end of the show here uh, i, I want to like talk, so like i know that you're not the only moving part in freak out that's records right. or freak out festival that's right uh let's shout, shout out your, please shout out my team well number one i got to shout out my business partner skylar locatelli who is go. one of my best friends and has poured his whole life into this as well and he it's just a wonderful dude that believes in everybody, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and he just wants to make good things happen for good people. Um, and so he's also working over at KEXP. That's his day job with, you know, he works with Albina and mm-hmm. Alia and stuff. And so it's just great to kind of have this sort of like lifeline between the community there. Sure. And he is sort of the glue of what we do. Like when I'm off gallivanting around the world, He's in Seattle, you know, he's the one making sure this festival holds it down. He makes sure people get paid on time. He's the one making sure that like the real business stuff happens, you know, that's Skylar, you know, and he's doing it with a lot of grace as much as he can, you know, um, and I want to shout out Ian, my drummer from Acid Tongue and just best friend, you know, and he was also a founder of Freak Out Records and these guys have been so quintessential to everything I've done. And mm-hmm. Ian is just like life force to Acetung in the same way Skylar is to the label and to sure. the festival. Um, and then the other guy is my, the guy I created the fest with originally is named Nathan Casey. Okay. And he's been there for the last decade with me. And Whoa. he used to run an underground venue in Ballard, which is the neighborhood in Seattle that we do the fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when that went under, we were looking for ways to have fun. You know, he's been working as an engineer for a long time. And okay. so this was a little bit more of an outlet and a release for him okay. and has always been that way. But he's kind of the, you know, again, like years where we've lost money, he's the financier. Sure. You know what I mean? He's that guy that makes sure that again, our bills get paid and those people are so crucial to make sure that the fun happens because yeah, yeah. we're not doing this to make money. You know, we don't <laughs> like, it's really not how we do it. We find other opportunities to do that and we work other jobs, but Nathan is a good example of somebody who has no sort of like, opportunism going on in his head he is strictly here to have a good time 
and to create a safe environment for it and to really show people that like this can happen how long city, like, has freak out operated for so the festival started in 2012 i want to say oh, 2013 okay. you know um yeah 2013 was the first one because 13 14 15 16, yeah. um and then the label what it's been five years we're about to have our five-year anniversary party okay at the new crocodile cafe in seattle it's like this fucking huge room out there it's gonna be awesome <laughs> okay um it, it was a legendary venue in the grunge times got it and then renovated and now they're tearing down the building and no. so they bought out um like a latin dance club down the road called okay. el gaucho okay and they turned in the, this like 800 capacity room as the main stage and then downstairs is like a 300 cap club now. So they've actually upgraded during COVID. Okay. Um, so yeah, so Freak Out's five years old. We're doing a big party there to celebrate this year. It's going to be awesome. It's a bunch of bands we fully endorse that you yeah, check yeah. out. Uh, and that's that's kind of where things are at. You know, those are my biggest shout outs. I also want to say hi to Rosetta. Hey, Serafima. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Cool. Hi, Sarah, my wife. <laughs> shout outs to everybody that makes this train run. Mom. You know, my mom. Exactly. <laughs> No, there's a lot of people in the community I wish I could run down the list because it takes the whole community. So You know, we talked about Chile and Albina. That's yeah. cr crucial, but it's a lot of those people as well. Moni is so important here yeah. to shout out right now because yeah. she is making this year next level. That's and she's Moni, the reason Moni you... Moni Saldana, the Normal. Go check out our interview with her, by the way. Yes, absolutely. So, And I'm so excited to spend some time with her while I'm out here. Like, mm. it's great. But, you know, that's... That's the lifeblood right now. Oh, one more shout out to Eric, Eric Gilbert that runs Tree Fort Festival in Boise. Okay. He's been a bit of like a distant mentor for all of us, which is amazing because it's nice to have someone else doing the same thing in our region and really killing it. It's also really exciting that like these are not the usual suspects in terms of regions. Like it's it's always like L.A. or Chicago <laughs> yeah, or Seattle Austin and or fucking Boise. New York. Yeah, it's just like it's, it's cool exciting. This is happening there. That's why this was so interesting to me because again, it's it's my field. Like art, a lot of artists from my field of interest, which is niche already, that like are getting a platform and are going to be all in one place. And it's like okay, you know, this is this is fascinating to me. And like I will be in Seattle. Mark my goddamn fucking words. I will be oh there. I've been God, meaning to go wait. there for years. Um, Albina is already like, she already has my schedule planned out. I'm like, oh, all right, girl. <laughs> I'm like, all right, girl. Right. Um, but for, you know, any mortal uh, like my, you know, myself that like, it just only knows about Seattle, like, I don't know, Nirvana. Mm -hmm. You know, just like I crash land there tomorrow. What are the venues? Where should I be? What are the things that I need to do? Yes. Yes, you're going to have a great time. I, I can't wait to or show you. what are you. the venues that, that freak out is happening? So, okay. So, let's see. First of all, when you crash land, um, <laughs> coffee. The whole Are you a coffee person? Uh, at times. Okay. Well, Seattle's got the best coffee. There's just oh, okay. no question about that. So, drink coffee the Tim entire Horns. time. Drink the craft beer. Drink all that shit. Drink, okay. drink what we've got. Anything that's liquid, put it in you. <laughs> you oh, that's right, because Starbucks is from Seattle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you don't want Starbucks. No, Fuck but, that. Like, but yeah. that means it's but, a coffee town. Yeah, oh, it's a coffee town for okay. sure. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, there's just so much fun shit to do there in general. And with the venue side of it, we just, I mean, at least before COVID, it's like you could throw a rock in town and you'd hit a venue. And so you're going to be this year at the Tractor Tavern is one of the, this is the main stage. Okay. And then we've converted an Eagles Hall, uh, the Santa Bay Eagles Club into the other main stage. Okay. And those are both about 400 folks in okay. each, you know, so it's pretty small for main stage for a festival. Uh, and that's the point is these are underplays, you know, for some of the bigger artists, we want it packed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's how people end up seeing Los of Spliffs in a full room, you know? Yeah. And then, um, the sunset tavern is awesome. This is like more like a 200 cap club. This is where we all cut our teeth. Cool. You know, it's the first place Los Honey Rockets played when they came up. It's where all these bands are kind of hitting, 
you know, a lot. And that's where Mollus Worth they will play this year. Cool. Uh, and then the other like sort of venue venues are Connor Byrne, which is like a kind of a cowboy club usually. And same with Tractor. Right. But those are we're gonna convert these like cowboy clubs into these fucking punk rock you know vibes rooms for okay the, the whole how many weekend. of these venues how many venues is it gonna uh the playing? last one is hotel albatross no there's two more after that and then we convert cafe umbria into a venue and wow. then there's a clothing store called cc filson where we mostly do like second chance like acoustic shows okay there's a lot of second chance stuff too like aj davila will play twice oh cool Mala cool. they will probably play twice because we want to fucking have some fun why not yeah why not it's That's my fucking the festival whole point. <laughs> yeah <duh. laughs> yeah like um, it's just like a lot of people are like you only interview your 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 friends and I'm like well that's why I got myself a show yeah get your own <laughs> get your own fucking show yeah, exactly. get your own goddamn festival I'm gonna uh, do a bunch of shit that's gonna seem like self-aggrandizing but I'm not gonna get up there and tell like everybody like whoa like you know I just want to play it's also the first I just want to play for people exactly the apocalypse I put a lot of work into this people and I want to yeah. go out and I want to have a good time and I want to play my heart out for you nothing that's wrong all with I'm that. trying to do nothing wrong with that don't fucking cop an attitude with me <laughs> stop doing it on emails. <laughs> uh, I I uh I guess I guess I guess my my last question and I mean I would have should have asked this earlier probably but like uh Canada you guys are really close to Vancouver is oh, there yeah. any uh, bleeding through yeah so know? Acid Tongue just did a song with one of, one of my favorite artists from Canada his name Calvin Love okay and so we just did a collab with him that dropped called All Out of Time so if you go on Spotify scope that out. And then this year, we're going to have Art Deco coming down. Okay. He's like an art punk kind of dude cool. from Vancouver, VC. And it's super like um, non-gendered, cool glam look, you sure, know, sure, like sure. just, I can't even describe it, polka dots and black and white. And there's almost like an 80s vibe mixed with like late 70s new wave, Okay, okay. you know, going on in there. It's cool. But we bring down like our favorite Canadian bands too. We've done stages devoted to them. Um, there's a DJ at KXP named Abby. Okay. That really loves the Canadian scene, and so she's all about Vancouver bands and stuff. And she, I think she's still managing Actors, which is a really great, like, cold, wavy post punk band if you're into that. Okay. Um, so there's definitely a close relationship. And then when I was on tour with King Khan last year, because that was the last tour I did with Acetong before we left town, um, he took us up and we played, I think, Rickshaw Stop up there. Okay. Fucking huge concert hall. It was awesome. And kids still fucking want to go in here rock and roll like i thought like king con and us would be like you know old people playing for them no. you know but it was like teenagers and stuff so there's a there's a scene up there you totally. know it's it's brewing i'm i'm how far is it i'm really debating vancouver, like i'm like if i'm already up there might i think well it's the, i vancouver. think it's the crow flies vancouver's closer than portland portland's like two oh two and a half two two hours 45 minutes okay. drive and then vancouver's about the same with the border Okay. You know, so it's probably closer to two hours I, oh, or something. I might just hop up there and spend the weekend and see what happens. You could do that. That's pretty cool. I think, um, oh, I can't imagine they're locked down the same way we are. And if you're, if you're vaxxed, you should be fine. And you I know? have a U.S. passport. I mean, yeah, like, it's you know, fun. It's usually and chill. I think one of the cool things I went to was like, there's just a lot of rock clubs there still. You know, it's, sure. it's, it's just like Seattle. It's getting pushed out. You know, mm. artwork is getting pushed away. <laughs> well, you know? I mean, I think, uh, you know, like, because it's a conversation that we have a lot on the show, like whenever I interview a rock band. And it's just like, cause so many people are like, rock is dead, man. And it's like, it's not dead. It's just not mainstream anymore. You no, know, it's just not. A, lost a lot of relevance, but not just the genre, but like the fans too. Yep. The fans want to live in like the 70s and the 80s. And it's like, yes. You know, Led Zeppelin in the US and fucking Cafe Tacuba in Mexico yep. will be like, thank you, but also like, listen to new shit, y'all. Like, there exactly. is new shit. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like that's a takeaway. I, I don't know. Do you think, and, and, and again, like I've, I've spoken a lot about how like incredible rock music is happening in Latin America in the underground. 
um, because, you know, fans have not learned how to adapt. I mean, do you think that there's going to be a, a rock comeback in some way, or is that something you want? That's or? something I'm intending right now. Okay. I'm certainly trying that. I think there's aspects of what Freakout does where we're modeling ourselves on that Bill Graham vibe. Mm. And Bill Graham was the famous promoter from the Bay Area in the 60s. I mean, he ran sure. the Fillmore. I mean, he launched a lot of bands out of his bookings. He was a notorious asshole in business. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to be like that, per se. But he was the guy who invented like how we view shows now to sell a ticket the way you used to sure. go and fucking eat dinner and watch bands fucking play. It wasn't like the same or you do a dance night and they'd play for four hours and do a bunch of covers, you know, but it wasn't this like fucking rock guitar solos for 20 minutes thing. That, that's that came out of the Bill Graham era, you know? Sure. And I think we're seeing our moment, you know, we're catching a wave right now and I'm seeing it. And just like I told you earlier, it's all about narrative. You know, I think we're trying to catch this wave that we feel is coming and you can yeah. only feel it so much. But I think the more I get journalists like you interested in what we're doing, the more I get sort of outsiders looking inward to Seattle and vice versa, getting Seattle to notice some of these international artists we're bringing and how yeah. they have the best thing in their backyard right now. That's really important work. And that's going to really launch a lot of bands and artists that I care about. Yeah, that's that's the hard work. It's like it's not getting outsiders to notice. It's getting to know like the locals to be like, mm -hmm. you have really cool shit here. Yes. Pay attention. That's literally a battle I fight every day in Latin America. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Go support something that's not safe. Ooh, say that shit. Go break go break your comfort zone a little support bit. Support small, support local, support indie. Yeah, and quit shopping on fucking Amazon, you assholes. <laughs> You're ruining Seattle right now. This fucking dickhead with his dick pics living in fucking Seattle. Goddamn Jeff fucking Bezos. I, Fuck you, Jeff Bezos, again. I say he, this on every podcast. Isn't I'm he on. moving to space? I don't know. Jeff shit? Bezos can suck my dick. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and on that note, I think we're going to start wrapping up. Yes, uh, please, thank you very much. Please let our listeners know where they can follow you or uh, Acid Tongue or Freak it's, Out. It's, we're at Suck My Dick Jeff Bezos. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that's my new Twitter handle. Um, yeah, so I'm at Acid Tongue on Instagram cool. and I think on Twitter. Uh, Ian runs the Twitter though, so okay, that's okay. not that's not me. Okay. Um, and then we're all you know we're on stuff. You're fine. Just don't mix us up with the Jenny Lewis album. And <laughs> then Freakout Records, we're freakoutrec.com. That's freakoutrec.com. Okay. And then the-freakout.com is the festival site if you want to okay. buy tickets. So go to the-freakout.com and find us on Instagram. You'll yeah. see Freakout presents Freakout Records on there. We're on there. We love uh, we love hearing from you. We love when you buy the records we sell. Uh, we love when you support the artists we care about. Go see their shows and the Bandcamp is quite prolific, dear listeners. Go support. Go go put some money in in some independent artists and labels pockets. Absolutely. If you're American and you're listening and you got that unemployment check this mm -hmm. year, you better go spend some cash on these records. <laughs> well, uh, and uh, you know, I'll, don't worry, dear listeners. That's a lot of info, but I'll make sure to link everything in the show notes so that you you know make it easy for y'all. Uh, same uh, with our own info. My name is Richard Villegas. Obviously, this is Song Mess. Uh, my guy, my guest is Guy Keltner of Freak Out Records, Freak Out Festival, Acid Tongue. Um, and you can listen to this episode as well as our over 300 episodes on your favorite digital platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Deezer, SoundCloud, et cetera, et cetera. We're there, girl. Just Google it. Um, same on social media, everything at song mess. Uh, and again, like that's all linked in the show notes. Uh, you want to send me your new record, your new single, whatever song music at gmail.com. Um, and also make sure you follow our Spotify playlist, uh, the bops playlist, which I literally update three, four times a week. I get no sleep, but it's all for you guys. Hell yeah. Um, thank you for having me and no. thanks to everybody for listening. Um, we have one more song, and this is by Margaritas Podrias. By the way, all of these acts that we played, I think with the exception of Savila, are playing 
uh, Freak Out Festival. Um, and yeah, we're going to close out with Ceremonia by Mar Margaritas Podrias. What what intro do you want to give? These girls should be living in Seattle. Yes. That's the basis where I listen. If you want to hear what grunge music should have sounded like 20 years ago, <laughs> listen to these these girls play. They're amazing. And I'm just such a big fan and I can't wait to see them live. It's pretty much all I got to say about that. Amazing. So again, the song is Ceremonia. This is by Margaritas Podrias. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you guys next time. A huevo. Ciao.